the foundation is mindset. So the foundation of your business isn't a great marketing strategy because you could have the best marketing strategy in the world and you don't implement it through some sort of fear and resistance. So your foundation is your mindset. And once you have a, I can have what I want mindset and that I deserve to have what I want mindset, then you can take any marketing strategy and let's face it, most marketing strategies work if you implement them consistently and you can grow your vision bigger than you ever believed possible. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Nina, welcome to the Better Wealth Show. It's great to be here. Um, we've chatted for about three minutes, and I've already fell, fallen in love with your accent, your desire to serve, and all the things that you're up to in the world. And so what I would really quickly uh, would love to, to know why you are the expert when it comes to helping advisors, helping entrepreneurs. And then I want to go backwards and learn a little bit about your story and what your life has been like and to be the person you are today before getting into some uh, hacks that we can do as advisors and as entrepreneurs to be more effective and, uh, and efficient and live a more fulfilling life. And so with that, instead of me just reading a boring old bio, if we were up in an elevator and I said, Nina, what do you do? How do you help people? How would, how would you answer that question? I would say I help entrepreneurs and I love helping entrepreneurs to realize that they can have it all. They can have a profitable business, they can have a fulfilling business, and they can have a really nice lifestyle. They don't have to sacrifice feeling happy and fulfilled and having a nice lifestyle because they have to grow their business. They can have it all, and they can do that by thinking in a way that enables them to believe they can have what they want. So we can be our worst enemies and stop ourselves from having what we want, or we can be our best friends and realize we can have it all. So none of this comes from the outside world. It all comes from within. And I love to help them to take the struggle out of having a very successful and fulfilling business. Yeah, I, I want to jump right in to like the struggles, but we're, we're going to take a step back. You didn't come out of the womb thinking like, well, I want to be, like help people be more efficient and be more effective and have it all in their business, which I love, by the way. What is your story and like what were some of the key moments in your life that kind of uh, opened your eyes to like, hey, I want to dedicate my life into helping entrepreneurs have it all? Well, the funny thing about me is that I grew up in a household where I didn't have any confidence. And I believe that to keep myself safe, I had to be invisible. Because if people started noticing me in my household, I would be in big trouble, I'd always get into trouble. So as I grew up, and um, I had children, I realized that I felt like a fraud in front of them, they had this lovely natural self confidence. And I wanted to have some of that. And I wanted to feel authentic about it instead of just trying to fake it all the time. And things came to a head with my previous business, which was a personal shopping business. I've been online since 2005, marketing and selling. And I had a a really, I had a good business. It was a nationwide business. It grew very quickly. I had some good clients. But the only way I was able to market for new clients was through doing Google ads because I could be invisible. I didn't put my name on the website. I didn't put my face on the website. I hid 
but I was pretty good at sales conversations and getting good clients. And one day, a one big client who's a big accountancy company, they invited me and a team of 20 to come along and do a great pampering session for the senior female execs and their top female clients. And so they had beautiful offices in London, you know, very swanky offices. They had all the buffet laid out, champagne glasses, all the rest of it. And everyone was queuing up to work with their expert. And there was a lot of chatter and laughter, et cetera, going on. And I helped to set everything up. And then I was free for the rest of the evening. And I thought, what a great opportunity for me to go and talk to the senior execs and line up some more work with them. But as I started walking towards these two ladies who were wearing you know, these really sharp suits, I suddenly thought to myself, stop and don't go and talk to them. Because if you talk to them, they'll realize how flawed you are. They realize that you're boring, that you've got nothing to say, and they'll wonder why they've booked you. So instead of carrying on walking to them, I did a very sharp left turn. And I thought, okay, I need to find somewhere where I can be visible for the rest of the evening. And I found these offices and they were, they were empty. And I turned one of the handles and it opened and I went inside this office. And that's where I spent the rest of the evening. And on the way home, on the train, you know, I was looking at my reflection in the mirror. It was a dark evening. And I thought, you've got to do something about this. You've got to stop living this half life and running away and being scared. And when I got home, I started um, that evening, I got home and I started Googling personal development. And I went on to cut long story short, I went on to do lots of training. I tried lots of different things. But what happened was that the stuff that I was trying, it gave me temporary relief. But then the feelings of, you know, not having any self-worth, being unworthy, not being deserving, all of this stuff would come back again. And it was only when I discovered through a friend, just through a chance email that she sent me, I discovered this guy who said to me, the only reason you feel like this about yourself is because you believe your limiting beliefs about yourself. You believe you're not good enough. You believe there's something wrong with you. You believe you're a fraud. And I thought, okay, well, I've tried so many different things. This probably won't work as well, but let me give it a go because I just wanted to find a, a permanent solution. And lo and behold, after working with them for a while and working on some very deep self-esteem beliefs that had been with me since my early childhood, I started to notice a change, not through being aware of my thinking, but being aware that I was taking different actions, which I would never have taken before. So for example, I'd always wanted to make short videos, but I'd always been scared because I was thinking, well, no one's gonna be interested in what I have to say. What if I get criticized? What if there's a blank wall of silence? What if I look stupid? So one day I remember thinking, I'm gonna make a short video. And there was no resistance that came up in my mind. And I did it. I set everything up. I made the video. It wasn't very good, but I put it out there. And I was so proud of myself. And I thought, hey, this is showing that I'm showing up in a different way now. And I started feeling confident. I started telling people what I did. And I started being visible and putting myself out there. And guess what? My business grew. And I was having fun and enjoying it. And then I thought, okay. I can see how entrepreneurs who don't put themselves out there, who lack the confidence to have a bigger vision, 
how they are stopping themselves from having a bigger business because I'd been through it myself. And that's when I thought I can help entrepreneurs to get through these challenges and market themselves in a bigger way so people can find them more easily and they can put their prices up and they can work with a high level of client and all those great things. And that's when I started working with entrepreneurs. Well, there's a lot there. I, I appreciate you sharing your story and just this being raw and authentic of just like, this is where I was. And I'm curious, what, what was the deeper root that you were experiencing when you had this anxiety or what you were afraid of what other people thought? Like, was it, you were really afraid of what they thought or was there something deeper? Cause what I find is there's a lot of stuff deeper than just what we think surface level of like, we're afraid of what our parents or family or friends think. It's like, usually there's a deeper reason to that fear. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I believed that I was missing something that other people had, that I was lacking something. That's almost like there was a little bit that we missed out in me that other people had. And especially when I saw people who felt very comfortable in their own skin who were able to share their views in a group, who felt that what they had to say was worth hearing. And I used to think, how can they be like that? What did they have that I don't have? And so I was always searching, how can I get that little bit that I wasn't born with? And I felt that if I was visible and I expressed my opinions, then people would see, would notice me, and they would notice that I was flawed. Mm. that I wasn't good enough for them to spend time with. And therefore, I felt that by staying in the background, not being noticed, then that would keep me safe. And my whole objective as a child was to stay safe somehow within my family. And the, the crazy thing is that those strategies may work as children and they may keep us safe, yeah. But then when we're no longer in that environment, we keep using those same strategies as an adult when they're not needed anymore. And right. we base our decisions on those flawed strategies. Right. Interesting. And I really appreciate you breaking that down. And I think there's a lot of people that resonate with that. And there's some truth behind if you don't say anything, you're not going to get criticized. But one of the things that I fear greatly is knowing that I lived a fraction of what I could have lived to. And I think for, for me, because I, I didn't have, I didn't have it as an extreme kind of epiphany or example, but I, there was a point in my life where I wanted to make some moves and I was afraid of what my family was going to think. I was afraid, what if I failed? I was afraid of what, you know, what people might, might think of that. And, and I just had a moment where I was actually reading Think and Grow Rich and, and talking about some of the deeper root fears. And I was thinking, okay, why am I afraid? Why am I afraid of what other people think? Why am I afraid to run out of money? And, and I really had to get comfortable with like, okay, my identity, my self-worth is actually tied up in what other people think of me. And, and like, I have like, the value system is based on what other people think of me. And it's like, I had to like, really like speak that out loud. Cause it didn't, it wasn't like on the top of my head. But like when I started doing that exercise, I was like, okay, in other words, am I going to live my life based on the perception that my value comes from people that I may love or I may don't even care about, but 
that I care about what they think of me. And I'm going to literally live my life. And then I started looking around some of the people that I served with, some of the people I worked with. And I've said, like, it's possible that the majority of people in life are literally letting other people and identities determine what they live. And as a result, whether they know it or not, they're living to a fraction of their God-given potential. And so it was interesting because we had maybe a different different stories, but that that epiphany and that, the same thing. That's when the podcast started. That's when I started the business. And it really I couldn't do that until I I had I came to peace with like, all right, I could totally fail and my identity is not in failing. Yes. And what you said is absolutely brilliant because I would say most people live their lives according to what their parents expect of them, what their peer group expect of them, what their friends expect of them. And a lot of people don't want to rock the boat in life right? and upset people that they love and that they care for. And they think that if I'm authentic and if I do this thing, then, then so-and-so will be upset with me. And, and so I'm not going to do it because I don't want to rock the boat. But as you said, we're living, to, we're living a half-life. And our perception is that they don't allow me to do these things. They're not giving me permission to do these things I want to do. But the reality is that we're not giving ourselves permission to do these things. The only people, because as adults, you know, we're not little children anymore being controlled by parents. We are adults now and we have to act as adults and not like five-year-old children who picked up these limiting beliefs. And the only way to do that is to, first of all, realize that we're not here to make other people happy that is everyone else's job my job is to make myself happy not my, my husband's job isn't to make me happy it's my job and it's your job to make you happy and that's how life is so when we make ourselves happy then you know obviously there's a ripple effect and other people will be happy right. and also when we do change direction and do something different it may be that some people around us won't be happy with our decision but that's not our responsibility right how they react they're reacting from their own thinking and their own limiting beliefs we're not causing them yeah. to react like that and once we can get that then we feel free to say okay what aligns with me what do i want to right. achieve in my life what's the message i want to put out there and i work with so many entrepreneurs who hold themselves back in their messaging because they say well I want to make this point or I want to be a bit controversial, but hey, I don't upset anyone. And I don't worry about what people in the industry would say if I put this message out there. I was talking to a client and um, she lives in the Middle East and she wants to start talking about, you know, how men are perceived as leaders versus women perceived as leaders. We're working together so she could feel confident to put her message out there and it would resonate with certain people. Yeah. So it's having the confidence to really market ourselves in a way right. that we feel we are playing a big game right? and I, we've got something important to share. Yeah. And I, I, there's a couple of things I want to unpack there. N number one is you talk about kind of the fear of being authentic. And what I've found is if you can lead with authenticity and vulnerability and do it appropriately, obviously, um, you're going to find that people are going to lean in, share things that they may have never shared before and feel like they can connect with you uh, even more. So it's actually like people are starving for realness and authenticity. So that was one thing that I just realized um, 
going through my journey and actually being in college and just building friends. I realized it's like everyone's kind of like holding on to their thing, but the person that's willing to say, all right, let me share what's actually going on. It just is like people will match. People will usually match the authenticity. And so uh, you, if you have, um, if you feel like if you're the type of person that's like, no one's real with me, they're not being authentic with me, look in the mirror. I mean, that's not always the case, but a lot of times it, it comes back to how you're communicating and, and, and taking extreme ownership. The other thing that I want to say is um, I'm a big Andy Stanley fan, and he, uh, he had a quote that I heard when I was in the process of you know, transitioning from you know, working at the bank to our business. And he just said, the value of your life is always measured by how much of it was given away. And so here's my question to you, um, because I, I'm a framework person. I'm like a principle person. I don't love fluff. And so it's like when someone says, you just got to like be happy, like you need to be the one that makes you happy. I, I think I get what you're saying. And I want to unpack that because what I would say is there. So I'm a Christian and I want to live a principle centered life and live and to serve other people. And so my quote unquote happiness really comes from the intentional pursuit of, of serving God and other people. Now, you don't need to be a Christian to be a happy person, but it would be ultimately um, if I just was like told, I just need to be happy and do what I love. I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, travel and all those things to make them happy. But at the end of the day, there is something that is rooted in like, how can we live a fulfilling life? And that really comes from serving and, and giving your God-given talents out there so that you can help other people. Um, I feel like that's pretty universal from a standpoint of, well, that's why business, that's why message is like, there's something that we have that we can give of other people and true happiness and fulfillment comes from giving so generously. Let's unpack that because um, we don't have to agree. I, I love discussing. No, no, I, th I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really great point. So for me, when I say you have to make sure you make yourself happy and it's not your job to make other people happy. So that was really about the decisions we make. And how we make our decisions thinking, well, that person will get upset if I decide to do this. And so I mustn't do this because I don't want to upset everyone. I completely agree with you that to be led by service is to feel truly happy. And I really believe, and I say this to my clients, that when you lead by service, then the money comes anyway. So serving other people makes me happy. It makes you happy. But how we serve people is, is really important. So, you know, what is our message? How are we serving people? Are we serving people full out? Or are we holding back on our message because we think right. some people will be, get upset? So that's what I mean about making yourself happy and not curtailing right. who you are to fit in with other people's identities that they've put on you. I agree. But that comes from their own thinking. I agree. What's what that. would be your happiness formula or framework? Like if you if I was to say, okay, what is like the steps to making sure that I can be at a place where I can truly be happy? Do you have steps or a formula or or framework behind that? Yeah, that's that's a really big question. So my framework for being happy, first of all, it is to know that it is your job to make you happy and no one else's. Yep is to take full responsibility for all your thoughts and feelings. And, and to, for, so I don't 
think now that so say my husband says something and my mood goes down I've got to be very clear to myself that he didn't cause my mood to go down it's the meaning I made up in my head about what he said that caused my mood to go down so I choose my response to every single thing that happens in the world and that is my responsibility so when I know all of that's going on then I can catch myself very quickly when if I go in a downward spiral and what I do is I do a disruptor and I say to myself when I know my mood is going down I say to myself oh I'm just making it all up and what I mean by that is I'm making up the meanings that I have put onto that event. And if I make up a negative meaning, then I'm going to feel down. But if I look at that same event and I make up a positive meaning, then I'm going to lift myself up. So this is the power that we have within ourselves. And the first step is always awareness. Be aware of where you are. What is your mental, emotional state? And catch yourself, the earlier you can catch yourself, the more you become, a, you develop that great habit of saying, oh, that's interesting. I'm feeling a bit down. And have a way of bringing yourself back up into neutral again. And the way that I do is I said, is I just say, oh, that's interesting. I'm making it all up. And as soon as I make it all up, I know it's not real and it's not true. Yeah. And then as soon as I know it's not true, why would I buy into that lie? And that's, um, you know, one of the ways there are other ways that you can disrupt your pattern and and catch yourself. And then when you catch yourself, then I will say to myself, oh, I've got choice here. Totally. I've got choice about how I think and therefore how I feel about something. And I choose to feel good. I choose to look on the bright side and I choose to be optimistic. That's not to say I don't go down rabbit holes with my thinking. I do. Right. But I don't stay down there for long. Love it. I love it. The extreme ownership mentality is one of the most freeing. I think being a victim is some a way to always lose. The victim will never win. And um, we, we definitely live in a society where it's actually sad to me and how a, a lot of, especially my generation, kind of like leans into this victim mentality. And it breaks my heart because I know that when you play the victim, you'll never be free and you're in, enslaved to the way that you think. And so, so many, so many things that I'm really grateful that you unpacked. One of the things that I do when I try to like reset, and it might sound morbid, but I just think about death and 300 years from now, it's like we were worried and had all this negative energy and we're losing sleep over what, you know? So for me, death is the ultimate reset because it's like, it's, it's on my deathbed, um, I'm going to matter about a few things and probably not some of the things that I worried about. So all, all the, I, I could talk to you for days about this. I, I love this, by the way. It's either people listening to this are like, wow, this is very much unlike any other podcast on the show. But I, I, I love this because we talk about you being your greatest asset. Like the number one investment you can make is in yourself. Like you are the variable to make things happen in your life. And at the end of the day, what, what does it profit you? to have a great financial plan if you're actually not living and showing up intentionally and powerfully. So it's really, really important. And a lot of times it's how we think about wealth and all of that. Is there anything else that you want to say before maybe we get into some of the other areas that can 
bring a lot of value to entrepreneurs and help them live the and life. That's what that's what I'll say because our one of our brands are the and asset. And uh, we, we love showing people how they can do multiple things with their dollar. And I feel like you're like that for the entrepreneur. Like I'm going to show you how you can have it all. And I, I love that brand. Anything else you want to say before we get into that? Yeah, just picking up on something you said, the foundation is mindset. So the foundation of your business isn't a great marketing strategy because you could have the best marketing strategy in the world and you don't implement it through some sort of fear and resistance. So your foundation is your mindset. And once you have a, I can have what I want mindset and that I deserve to have what I want mindset, then you can take any marketing strategy and let's face it, most marketing strategies work if you implement them consistently and you can grow your vision bigger than you ever believed possible. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about some of the problems that entrepreneurs are experiencing that are uh, making them live to a fraction of their potential and some of the hacks and frameworks that you give them so that they can be more intentional and show up more powerfully. Sure. Well, one of the biggest ones, and this is um, one that I was quite surprised by, but I did a survey to my audience to my, uh, through email and I asked them, what is your biggest challenge to growing your business? And uh, I wasn't expecting the answer that I got, but the biggest challenge was the fear of marketing themselves and their services, of putting themselves out there. So when I dug around with this, it turned out there's a fear of rejection, fear of criticism, fear of not being smart enough, of not knowing what to say, of their competition being better, and so on and so forth. And it's interesting because the behavior around this is that They don't market consistently. They are busy in their work, but they're not doing the focused, you know, client generating, revenue generating work like outreach and making offers and having sales conversations. But they keep themselves busy doing the peripheral stuff. So we can kid ourselves, can't we? They've had a really busy day, but at the end of the week, there isn't a client. So the marketing is a really interesting one because it's a classic self-sabotage. Yeah. You get you. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get around to implementing it. I just have to tweak my website a little bit more. So that is because we know the heart of most businesses. Well, just about every business. The more conversation, what the more marketing you do, the more conversations you have. Therefore, the more clients you have. So that's just a steady formula. And a lot of people just don't do that first bit of marketing themselves. Another big challenge is around fees. Quite a few entrepreneurs that I've come across aren't charging what they want to charge because they don't believe in their value. Right. And they're, because they don't believe in their value, as you said, that they put that perception on their prospects. They're not going to believe in my value. Hey, but the thing is, you don't believe in your value. So how is anyone else going to believe in your value when you know that what you have to offer the client is way beyond any price you're charging for it? the prospect picks up that up. They pick up that certainty and confidence from you. So again, this is all internal work. The price is just a number. Whether you're charging 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, it's just a neutral number. So we put our own meanings on that number. If the meanings are positive, hey, we'll go out there and we'll really charge what we're worth. If our meanings that we put on the numbers are negative, i.e. they'll never pay that, I'm not worth that, et cetera, then you'll never get around to charging what you're worth. And the funny thing that I found 
with clients who aren't charging what they want, they start feeling really, um, what's the word? They start feeling frustrated and they, they don't like working with their clients because they feel they're not getting enough back from their clients, they're not paying them enough. So this has a really knock-on effect in their client relationship as well. So if you're happy being paid what you're worth, you feel good about it. If you feel a client's not paying you enough because you haven't charged them enough, then that doesn't feel good. Another big um, issue that I work with is fear of self conversations, which is very much tied in with the value that you charge. So having a sales conversation fills a lot of entrepreneurs with fear. So they don't put them in their calendar. They don't go out and look for them. And again, are they, they afraid of rejection? Them. Are they afraid of like afraid of someone rejection. rejecting them? Yeah. yeah. And again, they're not going to go for what I've got. They're not going to be interested. And how am I going to deal with a no? What yeah. does it say about me? They're rejecting me personally. And so I would say a rejection is never rejecting you and who you are. No one is able to reject who you are in this world. It's not possible. You are rejection proof. All they're saying is that it's not right for them or you haven't shown them the value of it. Yeah. So if you can if you can stop taking things personally, and this for me was one of my biggest turnarounds in my life, I stopped taking things personally. So if someone says no to me or they say something unpleasant to me, I always think, oh, that's interesting. They're not, if it's something unpleasant, they're not in a good place right now. And right. I never think, oh, I caused them to say that about me. It's my fault. I always automatically go to, they're not in a good place right now. I wonder what's going on in their lives. If a client says no to me or a prospect says no to me, I just think, I just get curious. Yeah. What was it? And I just say, can you give me some feedback about why you didn't want to go ahead? Because it'd be really, really, um, it'd be really valuable for me. And so we end up having a conversation about, you know, what wasn't right for them. And that gives me so much more I can add into my next sales conversation. So it's yeah. still a gift. A no is still a gift. Yeah. So when you stop taking things personally, then you get really curious about life and about people and what's going on in their heads. Yeah. And it just, it's freed me up to be a bigger risk taker right. because I can ask for things because I don't mind when people say no. Yeah. And I always say identity is not tied up in the day. My value is yeah. not tied up with them saying no to me. And that's so freeing. Yeah. And I always say to my children, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And this is one of my rules in the world. If you don't ask, and most people are too scared to ask. So the people who do ask, they've got a really big head start in life. I love it. I love it. I think uh, a lot of things you said there when it comes to procrastination, when it comes to not not hitting go, I see two themes in a lot of entrepreneurs is they don't want to market. Um, and then, but they also, they're doing busy work. And I think there's just, they're deferring and they're postponing and they're lying to themselves. And it's, it's interesting, but I think it's tied up in their identity. Um, the other thing that comes to my mind is this concept of like a, a good speaker versus a good communicator. A good speaker puts their speech before the people. A good communicator puts the people before their speech. And I think a lot of times um, we are almost filtering from a standpoint. I, I know I'm fall victim to this. It's like almost we, we instead of putting ourselves out there and asking the question, how can we serve people and give them the greatest value they, they deserve? 
we're like filtering it to like, how am I not going to lose my, you know, my status or whatnot and like all these things. And so that's allowing us to just overthink. I appreciate what you say about people not charging enough. And at the same time, I see all kinds of things across the board. I, I, I think some people that is true. And I think some people um, aren't, aren't really articulating the value and they just, they get the sense like, oh, I, sh- I deserve more money. And y- again, it comes down to money follows value and a value can either be a product or a service. And I am willing to exchange currency for that product or service. And um, not all services and products are created equal. And so that for us, it's, it, we create an unemotional way of thinking like, how do we craft this and, and let the market decide? But I love what you said. Even if the market says no, like amazing, they're just accelerating. What, what, what can we switch? It, they're not saying no to me. They're saying no to the, to the offer. And that might be the best thing in the world because the offer might be mediocre. And if we wouldn't take someone's feedback, then we're just going to be a mediocre company instead of a great company because of how we perceive customer and, and the market feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And you said something really great in that when we say something, we're thinking about, you know, how can I keep my status? And this is something that I love to work with my clients with, because sometimes we think when we're putting our message out there, what do they want to hear from me? What do they want me to say? And I like to switch that around to say, what do I want to say? What's the message I want to put out there? Because that feels a lot more authentic to me than for me to be worrying about what my audience want to hear from me. What should, what should I be saying to them? That doesn't feel good because then I'm writing my message. Again, making up a perception in my mind, putting on my audience, this is what they want to hear from me. And then I struggle to get a message out there. But when I think, what do I want to say? And I free myself up. Right. And I know that certain people are going to resonate with it. Other people are going to be disinterested. And some people may not like it. But hey, we don't need anyone to like our message. We only need a few good clients to have a good business. So let's focus on those people and forget about the ones who aren't interested. Again, I think in frameworks, I think it's like a two-part. It's number one, what do you want to say? What do you want to stand for? What is your message? If money wasn't an issue at all, what would you be doing? Get really, really clear and don't let other people like mess with that. When you get really clear on the people that you can serve and the problems that they're, that they're facing, um, then we do need to say, okay, what, what does our message, what does our offer need? Like, how do we add the most value? And, but I, I do think if it doesn't come from a sense of this is what I truly want, we're always going to be trying to copy other people. We're never going to feel like we're showing up authentic. And, and as a result, we wonder why we, we do this thing called entrepreneurship. Cause it's like, man, this is, this is not, this is not very fun. And, um, I, I see this all the time. I, I really appreciate you taking time to break this down. Um, and just, and just the message that you have personally, it's very inspiring. And I love, I love the accent. I love your status. <laughs> what you. you want to say status again? Status. <laughs> so, but I love that. I, I'm going to try to pick up, uh, an English accent. Cause I think, uh, I think you guys just talk way better than us. Well, we love American accents because you're so warm and friendly. And we always think that the English accent is quite cold and unfriendly. And we love the warmth of your accent. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to talk more so we can get the best of both worlds. Now, anything else that's, that's present to you? I mean, I, I know I want to push your book. I know you have a podcast yourself. I know you're doing some amazing things. Is there anything else that you're seeing that you want to make sure to articulate uh, in this show? I think... I'm I'm very very excited to share this, and I I'm really hoping if you're 
hearing this and there's something that resonates, I would love for you to reach out. Um, I just, I, we'd love to hear from you. And this is, this is an important message that we don't spend enough time speaking about. But as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this because if you don't get your mind right, I'm telling you, what's the point of anything we do with, with time, money, like all that stuff is great. But if your mind's not right, the foundation is going to be rocky. And as a result, it's, it's not going to, you're not going to be able to build the life that you want to live. Absolutely. I would say play big, think yeah. big. It's um, one of the biggest limiting beliefs that I work with with clients is it's scary to play big yeah. because something, again, something they learned in childhood. So play big, take up your space in the world. You're here for a reason and play, have fun with this. Don't take everything so seriously about business and enjoy every step of the journey. Because again, we often think, well, when I have that many clients, when I'm bringing in that much a month, then I'll be happy. It's not true because wealth is not a number, it's an emotion. And you can feel wealthy and abundant right now in this moment. And when you feel abundant, then guess what? You attract more of it. You attract more of it into your life. So don't wait for that time in the future to be happy just it's an, a, a gratitude is the well, the strongest most amazing tools we have and it's so overlooked and so forgotten so it and this may sound crass and oh, oh it's easy to trot out this stuff but it's absolutely true the more time you can spend just feeling you know the gratitude of what you have and really making up your mind that you're going to decide make a decision to feel as abundant now and as you know peaceful now and all of those things whatever it takes for you to be able to do that maybe meditation it may be you know getting um reading or just doing your favorite hobby whatever it is the more time you spend in that place of peace it will give you such a fantastic return yeah. on any time you can spend on that because it's different to everyone for everyone, but you will start attracting and bringing in more of that good stuff into your life. Love it. I love it. So, so many things. Um, I wealth for us is nothing to do with the number. It, it has to do with the sum total of your time, your relationships, your, your talents, your resources and how you use that. And we summarize that into intentional living because if you're not living intentionally, you're not a wealthy person. And so I, I love what you unpack there. And then um, I, I give a talk, it's called value leveraging, and it's how to provide value and maximize that. And, and the last leverage piece that I talk about is being grateful um, and having gratitude, which ultimately is a grateful attitude. And it's amazing. It's amazing if you can just tell a per one person each week why you're thankful for them. Watch what will happen. Watch what will it's happen. It's incredible. It's, it's, and it's free. It's, it's free for us. We can feel grateful in this moment. We don't have to go and buy it from a shop. No. These are the best tools we have. They're all within yeah. us and they are all free. I love it. I love it. Uh, Nina, you are an inspiration. I'm grateful that you're in my life. How can people be a part of your movement, support your book, support what you're up to in the world? Um, very, very grateful for your time today. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure being here. I have a, a free gift, which um, people have done it. So it's been really, really helpful. It's called the Millionaire Mindset Scorecard because so many people say, I don't know why I'm 
I'm resisting taking action on business. I don't know why I, you know, I behave, I still keep self, keep self-sabotaging. So I put together a scorecard where you can discover which limiting beliefs you have around having more money, around having more success. So it tells you exactly where you are self-sabotaging. And it also gives you lots of helpful advice and information about how you can start dissolving these limiting beliefs. So it's completely free and it will give you big insights about why you're stuck if you're stuck in your business right now. I love it. I love it. Where And where can people find that free gift? That's at myname.ninacook.co.uk forward slash scorecard. Got it. We'll make sure to have that in the show notes and um, put it, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll make sure to put that as well. Um, Nina, any, any last words? Um, I, I have a, a final question that I would love to end with. And it's essentially, if this is your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most, you couldn't give them a book, you couldn't give them your scorecard, you couldn't give them a podcast episode, but you have a last conversation. What would you make sure to highlight in that conversation? I would say to them that you are limitless and live your life as if you were limitless. I love that. I love that. If uh, final question that comes to my mind, and this is for the audience, is if you know you couldn't fail, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do with your life? And start thinking bigger and um, get really, really self-aware. And what are the what are the friction points and barriers in your in your mind and in your life that is keeping you from that? And uh, life is incredibly short to live live life based on other barriers and friction points. And so, Nina, I know that this will not be the last time we chat. Um, appreciate what you're doing. I look forward to getting your scorecard. And um, yeah, thankful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.